Here goes, and welcome to the 79th episode of Throwback Hoops. Woody V is in the house. Please follow the show on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, I'm joined by my main man, Robbie Clayton. What's up, bro? What's up, Woods? Um, good to be here again, mate. I know it's a little bit of a sad time now the NBA season's finished. Um, certainly going to talk about that um, final series pretty soon. But hey, before we get into it, Wanted to give you a massive um, congrats here. I know you became an uncle this week. Um, why don't you tell everyone about that? Yeah, really proud, man. My brother gave birth to little Noe, Noah Charlie Venkat on the 12th of June, the same day as the Denver Nuggets won the NBA championship, the same day as my uh, uh, family dog Maurice was born, and the same day as uh, one of my best friends, Rocky. So really, really auspicious and, and great day for me. So I'm really proud, uh, proud uncle today, man. So I appreciate that. That's awesome. And make sure you get him a New Jersey soon as well. I'm sure you'll do that. Maybe a little Hawks, you know. For sure. Jante or Trey or something else like that. Yeah, maybe a little uh, Kings jersey as well, right? Awesome. And a uh, big shout-out to, to Abs and Leanne for that. Shout-out to you guys. All right. With the special championship edition, throwback hoops. So let's get it, right? Um, as always, let's, let's, let's kick it off with our jerseys, man. I know you got a, a bit of a college flavor going on today. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what you got today? Yeah, a little bit different today. I thought about sort of rocking some Nuggets jerseys there, but I thought, you know what? I've been saving these jerseys for quite a while now, Wood. So, um, look, I'm doing a double today. Um, I'm just, I'll, I'll tell a story first, and I'll talk a little bit about the, the, the jerseys. So, um, what I'm, the one I'm hanging today, it's a Jimmy King blue Michigan Wolverines jersey. Um, a random one there, Woods. It's something that people know uh, that are close to me know. He's actually one of my favourite all-time players. Um, he's solely the reason why I've worn number 24 for literally the last 30-plus years when I've been playing basketball, long before Kobe, long before it sort of became that popular cult sort of number like that. It's from Jimmy King, um, yep. part of the Fab Five. So um, so that's his blue one hanging up, a Nike blue. I'll just um, stand up and show you the one I'm rocking, then I'll talk a little bit about uh, Mr. King. For those who can't see, Robbie's wearing the yellow Michigan Jimmy King jersey, and he's also got the black Jimmy King jersey hanging in the rafters. So, dark, man, that's pretty awesome. Dark, you got two blue, different Michigan dark, Jimmy King jerseys. Dark blue. And, of course, there are no, dark blue. Um, yeah, no okay, names yeah. on the back with those things, like I did with those college jerseys back in the day. But all the all the true hoopers will know that's Jimmy King. So a little bit about Jimmy King there, Woods. Um so, of course, he was a big part of the famed Michigan Fab Five, along with Jalen Rose, Chris Webber, Juwan Howard, and Ray Jackson. Um, he played all four seasons from the Wolverines from 91 to 95. And then he got drafted. Who did he get drafted by Woods? Putting you on the spot. Um, Milwaukee? No, he got drafted by the, the Raptors at pick 35 in the 95 draft. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, he had a very short-lived NBA career, playing only 62 games, would you believe? Um, so he played in his rookie year with Toronto before he was traded to Dallas and waived without playing a game. Um, then he went on to play two games the next year with Denver, and that was it. So um, after his NBA career finished, he had some really good years in the CBA. So he won an MVP and also a championship with Quad City in 98. Um, and then he spent a bit of time playing in Poland and Venezuela. So a little bit of a, a strange sort of place for him to end up there. So these days, Jimmy's a 40, uh, 49 years old. Um, he owns True Champions, which is a company that helps high school athletes and scholarships and college offers, as well as doing some coaching at his former school. So yeah, as I mentioned, Woods, I sort of, 
really took a liking to this guy in those very early 90s there. Um, changed my number. I think I used to be number 21 for Dominique or something like that. So changed my number yep. to 24, which I've always rocked. Um, funny story about that blue jersey uh, behind me there. I actually went over to uh, America in the mid-90s. I think uh, Jimmy might have just been his last year of college in, and that yep. was like my grail jersey. Every time we went to a sports shop on this holiday, I was looking for that jersey. Eventually found that in a shopping center in New York, pretty close to where Madison Square Garden was, and it was actually really pricey. Obviously, the, the legit Nike ones, but I just had to have it. So yeah, that jersey I've had since about 93, 94, I think. Um, you know, I like bringing a little bit of memorabilia to the show as well, Wood, so I've got this thing proudly hanging in the, in the study as well, so Hand signed by Jimmy King, rocking that blue jersey I've got behind me. So, yeah, pretty random favourite player there. And I'm, it's a you know, disappointing he didn't have that NBA career that I hoped. But, you know, I, I still love going back and watching those old Michigan highlights and, you know, the Fab Five doco and, and seeing Mr. King there. So, um, yeah, why don't you tell us what you're yeah, well, hmm. Oh, Actually, what do you what are yeah, your, what remember about Jimmy King? Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember about – you talk about the, the memorabilia and buying and looking for that jersey, right? That five – Fab Five documentary you spoke of, it speaks heavily about how the monetary um, advantages of the college, you know, garnered from selling the Fab Five memorabilia, right? 100%. And, well, they, they were like going to the shopping mall with you barely just back enough that money. Up, right? Yeah, they had barely enough money to buy stuff at the yeah. shopping center and they'd go past the local sports store and they'd be selling all their jerseys in the windows and stuff. So a little bit strange. I've got a Chris Webber one yep. of these and I've also got a tractor trailer, rest in peace, one of these as well somewhere in one of the cupboards. So... Rest and, in peace. And that, and that Trey, Trey Burke one that I rocked earlier. So a few Michigan jerseys in the collection. Nice. Well, why don't you show us what you're rocking today, Woods? And I know you've got to actually almost apologize for the one you're wearing, but don't apologize too much, right? Okay, sure. Woods are standing up rocking the number five, Detroit. One of the longest surnames in the NBA, Caldwell Pope. Hey, Woods. Caldwell Pope steals the ball. We got a crazy echo coming out here today. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, do we? Massively. Anyway, let's go. Caldwell Pope steals the ball, right? You talk about um, that steal he he got there off of uh, Jimmy Butler in the late in that game five. I know we'll get into it earlier uh, later, but let's talk a little bit about uh, Caldwell Pope and the kind of influence he's had on this Denver Nuggets lineup, right? Hey Woods, have we seen that jersey before on the show? Yes. You've seen the jersey on the show before, right? Nice. I was waiting for you to bring that up. But yeah, yeah, look, I know we've seen it on the show before. The reason that I'm wearing it now is because it's it's current and um, the kind of impact that he's had on this final series um, deserves some kudos. So that's why I'm wearing it out of respect for him. And I got the Denver Nuggets hat, hat on as well. Oh, yeah. wow, that for sure, yeah. Yeah, so talk to me about that. The kind of impact that he's had on this Denver Nuggets team, that championship experience he brought from L.A., and, and he's now a veteran. This, De- this Detroit Pistons jersey is in his early years, right? He then went on to LA, win a championship, moved to Denver. What kind of impact has he had on this squad? It was a little bit of just a role player trade, wasn't it? You know, obviously they traded Will Barton to Washington to get him there. Um, kind of seemed like a like-for-like type of trade, didn't it? You know, a pretty good defender, someone that could score and get on the fast break and that. But, yeah, what he's brought to that team, obviously with his championship pedigree from the Lakers there, and just the way he's fit in, he seems like a really good teammate as well. Um, can do a lot. He can hit the outside sh- uh, shot. Can pretty much lock down any any player that he's put on there. And yeah, played a massive part on that Nuggets team, didn't he? Yeah, and three and D guys. You know, wing defenders that can actually knock down the three ball are, are priceless in this league. So, I mean, you talk about Jamal Murray, uh, the Joker. 
you know, you surround those guys with these great role players and you've got a championship level team, right? And and KCP has been a big part of that. Absolutely. No, I know you were happy for his success. You know, you've been a fan, obviously, since those Detroit days there. So, no, it was good to see and yeah, looking forward to, to talk a little bit more about this championship. Well, let's get into that, shall we? Sounds good. All right, so the Denver Nuggets have won their first ever NBA championship after beating the Miami Heat 4-1. Um, it was a pretty close game, a, a very uh, bit of an ugly game. Um, what were your thoughts on the on Game Five? Let's kick off there. Yeah, for sure. Look, it's yeah, it wasn't a pretty game, you know, like you mentioned before, but I still think it was really enjoyable, um, especially that last quarter. I thought that was super exciting. There, a lot of just different things happen there, you know, a few lead changes, a few, you know, poor mistakes by some key players and everything there. But look, in the end, it was good to see Denver, I think, win on their home court. Um, I think it hasn't happened for a couple of years now where the, the winning team's actually been on their home court, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. There. Um, and yeah, like we said, for a team to, you know, to get their first championship, it's pretty huge, right? You know, Miami's won, won a couple before and everything, so it was great to see a pretty likeable team in the Nuggets um, winning their first chip. But um, yeah, it's... um. It was a funny sort of a final series, I reckon. Um, you know, Denver certainly were the deserved winner there. There was a few ugly games. I think the scoring got a little bit lower, like it tends to do in these big games now. A lot of field goal percentages from individual players went down. But, um, yeah, in the end, I think it was obviously a very fair result. And, and Denver just you know, really, really played, you know, played to their full capacity there and had some really important players at both ends. Yeah, well, you speak about that. I think Denver was, I think, one from 14 or one from 13 in the first half from three-point land. And a statistic is that is the lowest three-point field goal percentage in a half mm. for a team that's taken 10 shots or more, right, in a playoff game. So, I mean, Miami really did well there. And I think they shot about four from 13 in the second half. So Miami did their bit, right? Um, and I think we'll get into it later. How can Miami retool next year? to try and, you know, go that extra step. But um, they did all they could. And, and when you look back on that Miami performance, uh, you think about the cattle that they had. For them to go that far and actually challenge for an NBA championship, be the Eastern Conference uh, champion, it's a, it's a huge effort. When, I mean, right now they'll be a bit upset that they lost. But when they sit back and reflect on this playoff run, I mean, I'm talking about, like, in NBA 2K, you can play with uh, classic teams from the past, right? Mm -hmm. So in 10 years' time, this 2022-23 Heat team could be probably a team that you could use, right, on, on the game. No, it's certainly a remarkable run that they had. I mean, we've talked about it on previous episodes. You know, the Hawks beat them in that first playing game. They were yep. down to the Bulls with about three minutes left in the second playing game facing elimination. So to recover from that, you know, Tyler Hero being out, that's probably something else I want to mention here, that he was fit and dressed yesterday and, and didn't get on. Um, but he didn't get on, did he? Let's... No, he didn't get on. And like you, 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 you can't blame. Like I mean, the guy has been injured, right? He hasn't played in a couple of months. So Coach Spo basically said, "Look, let me run with the guys that have got me here." You know, mm -hmm. it's a bit risky to throw him into the deep end when he hasn't played for so long. So I can't blame Coach Spo for that. No, fair call, fair call. But um, let's. I mean, I want to probably talk about some of the the shining lights for this Denver Nuggets team. There, Woods. I mean, just amazing. Well, let's start with the Joker. Let's start with the Joker. Let's start with the Joker, right? I want to talk to you a little bit about what the Joker has achieved. Um, he's the first player in NBA history to lead the postseason in points, rebounds, and assists. And let's just talk about his stats a little bit. 30 points, right? 14 rebounds, 7 assists, shooting 58% from the field and 42% from three-point land. Talk to me. 
amazing stats. I mean, I think the one thing that's almost been a little bit underrated about his game is his rebounding. I mean, everyone talks about his, his passing. That's, you know, without question, he's one of the best passing big men of all time, no doubt about it. His scoring is really good. He's definitely improved his three-point shot, but it's his rebounding for me. I mean, what did you say, 14 boards? 14, 14 boards, man, yep. Just huge there. and Just such a smart player and what a humble superstar as well. I mean, you see him after the game. Yep. Not carrying on, going and shaking hands, giving dapping up all the heat guys and that. Um, he seems like the sort of guy that just wants to get out of the limelight, probably go go back home to Serbia on his his horse farm and just chill for a few months now. But um, yeah, a really special player and certainly someone that we're going to remember for a long time. And you know, he's a two time MVP now. He's an NBA champion and he's still in his prime of his career. So there's still a, a lot of good times to come for him. I think. And Robert, for the casual basketball fan who didn't give him the respect he deserved. You know, not enough Denver Nuggets games are shown on national TV. You know, he... They will be he, next year. Yeah, for sure. But he almost flies under the radar. Do you think that that attitude, that mindset for the general public about the Joker is going to change on the back of his performance in this final series? I think it should. I mean, he's a, traditionally been that sort of player that hasn't made the highlight, you know, tapes in terms of his scoring and some of his athleticism and stuff like that. But, I mean, just what does it matter? Everything else he does is just, you know, we've never seen anyone like him there. So, yeah, I think it's going to definitely elevate it. It probably should have been already, given he was already a two-time MVP and was probably unlucky to win this year. But, yeah, it's going to, going to put him into legendary status. I heard a few people saying, you know, this probably puts him ahead of guys like David Robinson now, maybe not far off Shaq, if you're kind of looking back at careers. A few people might say, what the hell sort of thing? But, yeah, if you go and look at some of their stats, I mean, pretty similar, right? And you, you have that Shaq Joker comparison, you know. I saw that, heard that on the first take this morning that Stephen A. Smith's talking about how Shaq's the most dominant big man ever. Joker brings a different skill set to the table. And Aaron Gordon was interviewed post game, and he said he's the first point center that's that's ever lived. Right? Yeah. There's been point forwards, there's been point guards, but for a guy to be able to control the offense from the center position is just incredible. So I think, you know, you talk about unicorns. He is actually a unicorn, right? Yeah. No, fair call. All right, look, let's move on. I want to talk a little bit about Bruce Brown, all right? A little bit unheralded. They went with a 7-8 man rotation, the Denver Nuggets, right? Brucey e. B, I mean, this guy, he, you know, started off at Detroit, had some time in, in Brooklyn, and he's come, and the kind of impact that he's had on this team, you know, with that final play as well, do you know? Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's up for a, a contract renewal now. He's going to get paid, you know? Aaron Gordon was saying on the podium when they were together after the game that, yo, you're going to get paid, man. But he's 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 uh, said he'd like to come back to to Denver. Um, what have you thought about his game and his evolution over the last season? I mean, he was really the perfect player for them, wasn't he? They you know they went out in the market and tried to get guys like him and KCP. Um, he just seems just like a, a really good teammate, or similar to what I said with KCP there, and just. A great defender. He's a sneaky good rebounder. We saw him get that really important rebound. Was that the last field goal of the game, maybe, that, that rebound that he Yeah, it was. It was, it was indeed. It was indeed, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he just fit in so well there and just does all the sort of dirty work there, probably a little bit underrated in terms of his defense. Um, yeah, you're right, though. He's, he's definitely up, up for a pay rise. And I think a few people are going to want to come to Denver now. I think it's going to be a destination that people can see, you know, wanting to come and play with some of these stars now. And knowing that that team's got a lot of their prime players um, – you know, their main players in their prime of their career and under contract. So I think they're going to be pretty good for a few years. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll do everything they can to try and get Brown back. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we speak about KCP, right? At the end of the game when they won, KCP and Bruce Brown embraced each other. And when Bruce Brown was asked, why did that happen? They're like, look, we came here at the start of this season to help drive a championship run. 
And so the two of us got really close to the start of the season because, you know, um, you know, um, MJP, um, MPJ, um, Aaron Gordon, Jokic, Murray, they, they've been around this team for a while, but the two of us joined together. So yeah. those two really embraced each other and, and we're really happy about it. So that's terrific, right? For sure, for sure. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about this Denver lineup as well, right? Um, let's talk about some of the veterans on that team, yeah? DeAndre Jordan, Ish Smith, Uncle Jeff, right? Um, must be really great for them at the end of their careers to to come on. DeAndre Jordan actually played a bit yesterday. It must yeah. be really nice for these guys who have been in the league for, you know, 10 plus years to, to get this championship. Well, they were three of the guys I was looking out for when you could see those celebrations yesterday to seeing how much it meant to them. You know, I think Ish Schmidt's on his 13th team, Jeff Green's on his 12th team, if I'm not mistaken, and DeAndre is getting up there too, maybe maybe seven or eight teams off the, the top of my head. But yeah, it was great to see all those guys do it. A few people have mentioned now, obviously, DeAndre Jordan gets his ring before Blake Griffin and, and CP3, which is quite interesting. Um, but yeah, guys like Ish Smith, you know, again, someone that's always been a good teammate there. And, um, you can see how much it meant to him at the end of the game. And yeah, it's it's great to sort of see, you know, these journeymen getting getting something to show for it and something that they'll always be now, and that's an NBA champion. Yeah, and, and great you say that. And Uncle Jeff has actually come out and said he'd like to keep playing until until he's 40, into his 40s, man. Is that is that mm. something that's achievable? Yeah, I don't see why not. He always, always looked after his body and everything else like that. You know, he's still fast, he's still athletic, can still come on and knock down an open three, play a bit of defense. So, yeah, absolutely. If he, he wants to stick around, they'll have him, I think. Terrific, terrific. So let's turn our attention to a couple of guys that have been injured and have come back from injury. Um, Michael Porter Jr., um, MP, MPJ, um, you, you talk about um, Jamal Murray. These guys have had like really serious injuries, m multiple surgeries, right? For them to come back and to reach the apex, it must be really heartwarming, the work that they've put in, what they've gone through to get to this point, yeah? Oh, definitely. I mean, look, I'll start off talking a little bit about Jamal Murray. He was just so impressive with what he did. Um, I think he's really turned into a complete point guard now. Um, his playmaking has just gotten so much better. You look at what he was like playing in that bubble a few years ago. He was strictly just a scorer then. And, you know, it was almost a bit of an afterthought with his, off, with his passing and everything else like that. But, you know, he's really turned into a great playmaker. People forget as well, he's a great size. He's 6'4", 100 kilos. He can bully and, and really sort of play some of those point guards down there. I thought his defense on that last play when Butler dropped in there he yep. moved his feet so so well and stayed in front of him and that was pretty much the reason that caused you know butler to throw that away in case they stole the ball there so yeah super impressed with murray um i think he's going to go into bigger and better things um yeah and michael porter jr is an interesting one i mean i was a little bit critical of him at times during the season i think probably because i had him on a few fantasy teams and i was expecting a little bit more than what he was giving and the main thing i was critical was was his rebounding ones i mean he was lucky to average five rebounds a game in the regular season which for someone as tall and as athletic as him is a bit poor but he really stepped up i think he was close to eight or nine in the playoffs there and had some really i mean he had a couple of dodgy games in that final series but he came good when they needed him there and uh, an, an important player there and good to see someone that's had a lot of you know injuries over the years you know even before he started playing in the nba you know finally staying healthy and, and showing what he can do well jamal murray seems like a high character individual right on and mm. off the court you talk about michael porter jr his shot wasn't dropping, right? In that last game, he was crashing the glass. He was finding a way to contribute to the team. And he, I thought he was really good in that game five. No, for sure, for sure. I mean, look, everyone sort of stood up, didn't they? Um, you know, they had a really sort of strong five or six. And then I know there's another guy on the bench that you want to mention soon coming up as well that also, also yeah. stood up for him. I just want to go through all these Denver guys because, you know, we need to show them some respect on the back of this championship. 
All right, we'll talk about Chris Braun then. Let's let's talk about him. Young kid, you know, he's won three championships in a row in in high school. He's won a championship in college, and now he's won a championship in the NBA. It's five championships in a row, so he must have, uh, you know, that that good karma that comes with him. But the kid, mm. uh, Coach Mullins put a lot of faith in him, and he's really repaid that faith. He's got guys like Reggie Jackson, Ish Smith on the bench, bench, but he goes to Chris Braun. Um, yeah. Jeff Van Gundy will certainly be able to pronounce his surname now. Definitely that it's um, it's Brown and not Braun. I just said Braun, didn't I? I think you did, but I mean it's spelled right. that way, so I'll forgive you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, look, obviously, you know, becoming I think the fifth player in history to win an NCAA title and an NBA um, championship the year after. So he's actually the last player to do it since 1987. Um, right. Billy Thompson did it then, and the only other ones that did it were Magic Johnson. Henry Bibby and Bill Russell. So some pretty elite company and something that hadn't been done in, what's that, 36 wow. years there. So, Damn. yeah, he was an important player, wasn't he? Um, you know, he didn't play a lot in that last series then, but they opened up the benches a little bit more and, you know, tried to give some players more minutes in that final series, and he, he delivered for sure. Yeah, terrific. Yeah, he was great, and he's got a bright future. And let's finally talk about Aaron Gordon, right, AG. Mm. Like, when he was in Orlando, he was not known as a defensive player, right? No. But he's come into this system, and he has become a lockdown defender, right? Yeah. He bullies people on the offensive end. He knows his role. Um, his influence on this Denver Nuggets team and their title run cannot be understated, correct? He was possibly one of the ones I was happiest for. I think you know, Woods, he's been, I've been a big fan of, of Aaron Gordon over the years there. Um, someone that I've always wanted to get his jersey and never managed to get it. So I might have to put that on the, on the list. Let's do that, man. Let's do we that. should do that, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, he really was big for them, wasn't he? I've said, I think, on last week's show, he seems to get bigger and bigger every year as well. He's a, he's a big boy these days. Um, always been in really good shape and everything. So, yeah, really important um, piece for them. And, and look, I think he'll um, he'll take that championship over a, a dunk comp win any day, right? So we know he possibly got robbed in in one of those dunk comps there but yeah great to see him get the get the trophy and just quietly it was really nice at the post-game press conference to see him rock up with a, a big cigar in his mouth and a bottle of moed with bruce brown uh, and hang out man he seems like a cool dude yeah? for sure hey woods before you get into miami i want to ask you a little bit about jack white as well um saw a lot of almost hate and disrespect for him on social media you know and all I did. I did. people saying oh, he didn't play and everything else like that and i think people have got to realize that he was a, a part of that squad this year and that's that's what happens right you're a part of that squad and you play meaningful minutes in the season then you're entitled to get a championship ring there so yeah i didn't quite i know it's that maybe that tall poppy syndrome people want to you know knock people down and stuff like that but i thought that was great you became you know what the third player to win an nba championship and an nbl championship which i thought was amazing but yeah full full credit to jack white and hopefully he gets some um, onto that main roster if he sticks around next year maybe someone like deandre you know moves on or something like that and he gets elevated there but yeah i was i was happy for him to get that Totally, man. And that's the thing. You've got to have a good attitude. You know, you get a two-way contract. He goes and dominates the G League, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the guy is a, a great kid. And from all reports, that all his teammates love him. It's been a great experience for him. And you've got to start somewhere, man. You've got to start somewhere, right? And, and what's to... he doing in practice every day? Was He's playing against Aaron Gordon. He's playing against the Joker. He's playing against Bruce Brown, KCP, all these sort of guys like that. So he's helped sort of shape that team, you know, in his own sort of way. And the the practice court and everything else like that. And yeah, absolutely full credit for him getting that ring. And his attitude throughout this whole process, man. He's only going yeah. to get better from this. Really proud yeah. of him. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's let's move over to Miami, right? I mean, we spoke about it a little bit earlier. They've really, you know, punched above their weight. Um, what do they need to do in the, the off-season? Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I mean, maybe reflect on how they've performed and what they can do in the off-season to tool up next year, right? 
Look, I think they've got the best out of their players. I mean, we've heard a thousand mentions of all the undrafted sort of guys there and how well they've played. Um, for me, I think they really need to strengthen their backcourt. Um, I'm just not sure that, you know, Gabe Vincent and, and Max Struess are the answer for a starting backcourt like we saw in the, you know those final series there. We know Tyler Hero's going to come back. Um, I was sort of wondering, I heard that um, a player like Fred Van Vliet was possibly opting out of his, his contract with Toronto. Could he be someone that Miami would potentially try and go after? I could see him fitting in pretty well there as a scoring first point guard. I think that could be someone because, you know, Kyle Lowry's days are probably numbered there. But look, it's certainly been an amazing season. I just think probably they need to shore up their backcourt there. Um, and yeah, possibly not have massive high expectations going into next season because just because they made the finals next year, you know, they had a pretty good run there, but it doesn't mean that they're a lock to sort of get back there and far from it, I think, next season. But I think they can look back at it and be be proud of what they did anyway. And obviously, Coach Spolster has done an amazing job as always. Well, a couple of things I want to talk about. Like, you talk about a big two, right? Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. And you compare that to Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James or Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, right? You know, you compare it to Jamal Murray, uh, Nikola Jokic, right? Um, is that a big two that can take you to a championship? Probably not, right? Yeah. They came, pretty, they came pretty close, but, you know. They certainly did, yeah. I mean, it just depends on who can be that third sort of wheel there, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's – look, it's a pretty good big two. There's no doubt about it. Um, but there's probably a lot of other, you know, equally as good or better big twos if we're talking like duos in the league as well. But I think they've done pretty well to get those sort of guys there. Um, it's one thing I did find. There's going to be a little bit of my hate for Miami coming out now, but I just felt everyone was kind of making a lot of excuses for Jimmy Butler. His field goal percentage was pretty brutal in that final series. He had a couple of really poor games, I thought, where he did basically nothing until the, the fourth quarter and then started scoring. But I felt a lot of people were saying, oh, he's tired, let him off or something like that. The first thing I thought of, if that was LeBron in that same situation, how many people would have been hating on him if he'd started doing that? It just seems like some people get more of a pass than others, which is yeah. is strange, I think, the way people sort of see that there. Because, you know, he didn't have an amazing... He's normally a very good um, high-percentage shooter there, but he was had some pretty poor shooting games in those final series. And, look, he probably was tired, but so was everyone else out on the court as well. So, um, you know, obviously had a great year there, but I think sometimes, you know, people get a little bit too much... Um, too much... Uh, what's the word I'm trying to use without being... Um, without being rude to him there. Be rude. Be rude, man. Be rude. Say it. I don't know. I think people are just afraid to sort of call people out sometimes. And he's got that kind of cult following, everything else like that. But like I said, if I compared LeBron, if he was in that situation, shooting 42% in games and, you know, going missing for three quarters, I think there'd be a lot more sort of hate there. But Jimmy Butler doesn't seem to, to get that heat there. So he deserves more criticism than he's getting right now, is what you're trying to say, right? I'm not trying to say he deserves a lot of criticism. I'm just saying he seems to get a free pass when he has a good game. And then when he has a, I mean, he has a bad game, when he has a good game, people go on about it for a week. So, so speak on it. Speak on it. That. Speak on it. He deserves a little bit more criticism than he's getting right now. Yeah, I think so. All right. We'll talk about Jimmy Butler. He takes 12.6 field goals a game in the regular season this year. Mm -hmm. Okay? That is not enough for a number one guy, in my opinion, is it? Nah, he probably needs to get going a bit more now. But look, his passing's obviously been pretty decent this year, and that's something he still did pretty well in the finals there. But yeah, possibly in this score-first league now, they need to to get him the ball a bit more and try and get him averaging, you know, high 20s at this stage if if you can. Or, or bring a bring a bring a, a, a number one scorer, a guy who's willing to take twenty field goals a game into this lineup, mm. and have Jimmy Butler as number two guy, right? And then we hey, Fred, yeah. Fred Van Vliet will come in and shoot twenty shots. Man, a game. he ain't he ain't, shy. That. That ain't shy. that brother ain't shy. That brother ain't shy. And let's talk about Bam Adebayo, right? He mm. bit undersized for the center position, yeah, as good as he is. 
yeah, I think ultimately you'd love to play him at the four if you had another sort of big day. Not didn't have to play all the time, but someone you could sort of play and maybe put Bam down to the four there. He's improved his shooting a little bit. Still not really a, an outside threat there, but yeah, I think, I mean, he's definitely their future there. They're certainly not going to give up on someone like him. So he's certainly making the most of his abilities. I think he was probably a little bit better than I thought he would be in that final series. Oh, yeah, that, he was really good. He was really good. You said he wouldn't be. No, I just said that uh, the Joker had had a lot of success against him sort of previously, and I was expecting that to continue. But, you know, the Joker did dominate the matchup, let's face it. Yeah, but he I did, just he think did. Bam was a little bit better offensively Bam, than maybe what I thought. Yeah. Bam was pretty good. Yeah. All right, so a lot of people are saying, oh, jumping on the bandwagon, saying Denver Dynasty, these guys are all young, under 30. Can they can they repeat this, right, um, and, and, and go back to back? Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure they can. They've got two pretty decent guys and a bunch of role players around them, right? Can they do that? Well, look, going back-to-back is, is very hard, isn't it? We've seen a lot of, you know, one-time champs over these last few years. But I definitely think they can. You know, you mentioned, obviously, the, the players under contract. Yeah, I think the, the stars are healthy, still at that good age and everything else like that. We're not sure about some of those teams in the West next year. Is, you know, John Morant going to be, you know, in the wild, wild west, shooting guns and stuff and not playing. You know, the Lakers are an aging team. Never sure what the Clippers are going to bring there. So certainly in terms of the west, I think they're, they're looking good again. I do think the east has got some probably more quality teams um, up at that top sort of echelon there. But no, I see no reason why they can't back there, get back there again next season. All right. Before we move on, I'm going to put you on the spot, right? I want to have your top five. Top five contenders for next year. Let's start at five, go all the way up to one, all right? On the spot right now, five NBA teams to win the championship in 23-24, five to uh, one. All right. Number five, I'm going to say Minnesota. All right, let me go five two. That's crazy. Uh, that is absolutely crazy. Hey, mate, you're putting me on the spot. That's right. That is craziness, all right? We'll number see, we'll five, see. I got Phoenix Suns, all right? Cool. Uh, number four, I'm going to say Cleveland. Love that yeah. roster. Love that what roster. What are you right. talking about? Love that roster. Really what are you talking about? Number four, I go Boston Celtics, right? Um, so number three, yeah, number three, I'll say Boston. All right. Number three, I'm going to go Golden State Warriors. Wow. Yeah. See, I, I still think, I still I think they got something left in them. They go on. One more run in them. They'll get Draymond back, play back. They'll retool. One more final run. Clay Thompson can't even run anymore, but anyway. Um, All right. Well, I got him at three. All right. Number number two, man. Number two for me is the Bucks. I think. Yeah, me too, bro. Me too. I got you. I got you. I got you. Depends on this free agency, though. Getting guys like Lopez, um, you know, Chris Middleton, guys like that coming back. But I think a healthy Bucks team should really be up there. And um, yeah, I'll say Denver number one. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Denver number one. Let's just go back to the Bucks real quickly, right? Chris Middleton. He ain't. I know you love the guy, right? He ain't been the player that he was. No. Before the injury. Agreed. Can, can, can he go back to that? Teams traditionally do that, don't they? Because he's been such an important player, helped him win a championship. I hope they probably don't overpay to bring him back because he's not getting any younger, not getting any healthier. But I have a feeling they will bring him back. Um, but anyway, what are you hating on my Cleveland and Minnesota picks for? Man, that Cleveland, Minnesota might be a reach, but I just think the West Minnesota is a reach. And Cleveland, they couldn't the even side. be New York, man. They, they couldn't, couldn't even year, be New York. That, that roster, I like it. I like that. Oh, it's man. Good guys, good defenders. They've got some scorers. You, you watch. I think I so. You're putting him ahead of Memphis. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Memphis won't even have their star for half a season. The Lakers players are all aging now. The Clippers players are always injured. Um, who else is there in the West? You know, I think. Gold I mean, the Pelicans. If, if if Zion can play. Well, Zion can play. Unfortunately, it's not on the basketball court. It's more in the bedroom than what I'm hearing. <laughs> word up. Word up. Yeah. Word up. Okay. 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 <laughs> all right, man. That's fair. Let's see how that plays out, right? Yeah. And then. Um, 
we've we've done all our predictions and stuff, right? So in, at the start of the season, I think we're going to have an episode coming up soon, which you're going to host, but we're going to go through that, right? Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, terrific. All right, so let's do some quick hits, Robbie. Right. Um, I just want to talk about a few different topics, okay? Um, let's talk about Chris Paul. Let's start off there. Word has it that he is maybe going to be waived, he's going to be traded, but Phoenix are going to part ways with him. I know you're not the biggest Chris Paul fan, but what's the future for CP3? It's interesting. It was like that big headline last week that they're expected to waive him, and then a day later it was like, oh, hang on, maybe it's not so sure yet. Um, yeah, look, I think he's probably someone they do need to part ways with now um, and maybe sort of start off there. I don't know what their replacement might be in Phoenix there. And I don't know what sort of trade currency he's got now, a guy like Chris Ball, but I'd probably look at moving on from him myself. He hasn't sort of shown that he's that player to, to get him over the edge. Obviously, he got him to the, the NBA Finals a couple of years ago, but I'd look to get rid of him if you can in a sign and trade while he's got some currency and try and bring someone in maybe younger, a little bit faster, someone... I think CP3 still gets his steals and everything else like that, but I just don't think he's a defender that he used to be. You know, he's not that physical defender. You know, like if he stops someone like Jamal Murray, for example, I don't think so. So I'd probably look at it, look at moving on from him. So where, don't, where could, don't send him to Atlanta, though. I don't want him. Where could he land then? If not, yeah, well, he's always been in the West, hasn't he? Um, I don't know. I mean, is he still a starter? I mean, probably most people would say he is. You know, would he be prepared to take like a six-man role and sort of play a little bit of you know, point guard by committee there? You know, could he go to a team like Minnesota, who I mentioned before there, and, you know, play the veteran role there? I'm not sure. Um, I think he's still got a role in the league. I'm just not sure it's the type of role he's had the last few years. Yeah, well, he said he wants to play two, three more years. Someone like Kyle Lowry, who's been a five, six-time All-Star, is willing to yeah. take on a lesser role. Okay, mm. I don't think someone like Chris Paul would take that too easily, yeah, would he? Yeah, to wonder, doesn't he? And will he decide to go maybe ring chasing? Will he sort of look down and he might name his top five teams the next season like we just did and then try and make some calls there. So we'll have to see. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Well, look, it's been some great NBA talk today, finals talk. It's been brilliant. I think we're going to have the draft and a few other things coming up. But let's talk about the NBL a little bit. I want to focus on the New Zealand Breakers, right? Yep. Okay, let's talk about their most recent acquisitions, which have been Mango Matiang and Dane Pinnow, right? Yeah. We've heard word that the three imports are not coming back, right? Mm. And when they've signed these two centers, does that mean that Mango Matiang is going to start, Dane Pinnow is going to be his backup, and someone like Derek Parton is, is obviously gone, they're going to look at imports at other positions? But look, I definitely trust the process with them. They did have some, you know, amazing imports. I think we might have named our top imp- three imports last year, and they might have been number one for the both of us, possibly. I mean, that was a great import trio there last year. Really good, you know, a scoring guard, a great defender inside, and a guy like Brantley who could do everything. So it's a shame, I think, for the league if all three of them don't come back, personally. Um, look, Mango Matthew was pretty decent with the Wollongong, with, uh, with Illawarra last year. I'm not sure he's... A starter and that much of a score. I'd like to see him, you know, as a six-man possibly. Looks like he will be starting there. I quite like the Dane Pinnell signing that they would. Um, you know, you know, I follow these St Mary's guys around the league or whatever. He seems like yep. a good, good teammate. Um, he's the sort of guy I wouldn't have minded seeing, you know, Perth end up with there. I think he can go there and have some meaningful minutes. And then again, you just got to trust what New Zealand can do and that they'll go out and, and get some quality imports. Um, also heard, I think, on Olgan and Jack's latest podcast as well, a guy like Tom Badanovich might be going to play in the Philippines of all places there. So he could be be out of action and then they might have him back when the Philippines season starts. Apparently he's got a lucrative offer over there. So it's an interesting one, I thought. But um, yeah, it could be a bit of a bit of a different team we see with the Brokers next year. Look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that like those three guys, Derek Pardon, Jarrell Brantley and, and, and B. Brown, 
Mm. They were a big part of their success last year. I know regaining uh, William McDowell White was great. I, I see on Twitter people are saying that Ma- Mango Matiang is going to be a different player. He's going to be better than Derek Pardon, right? I mean, I think that's mm. a bit of um, that's a bit of crazy talk, right? Yeah, definitely don't agree with that. Yeah, I honestly think the New Zealand breakers are in a bit of trouble this year unless they can recruit recruit some three good imports. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're going to be... They're not going to be like they were last year, man. Well, they've got another next star already. I do think they recruited so well last year. So, look, I'd, I wouldn't totally rule them out yet. A, a big thing depends on what sort of imports they can get. They seem to have a pretty good budget there as well these days. So, yeah, I, I'd sort of re- reserve judgment on, on, on them at the moment, I'd say. I'm going to say they're not making the playoffs this year, man. I'm going to mm. say it right now, right? And you got Mango, Matiang, and Dane Pinnow, right? And last year you had Derek Pardon and you had Rob Lowe. Speak about Rob Lowe, just announced his retirement, man, after probably one of his best seasons in the NBL. Yeah, I definitely think he probably could have played on. You wonder if his body is letting him down a bit now. But no, he was a great servant of the game, wasn't he? Um, you know, he had some, some great moments for the, the Tall Blacks. And of course, for the Breakers there, you know, I love those big guys who can shoot from the outside of their woods. Um, yeah, he can, he can hold his head high about a really good career there. And you wonder if he'll still stay involved with the game there and maybe stay, you know, in some sort of capacity with the Breakers anyway. I'm going to make a hot take here and say that he might reverse his retirement and come back and play later in this season, right? Mm, interesting, yeah. All right. Well, we talked about those next stars, right? Let's go through them right now. Uh, or, I mean, the NBL is absolutely loaded with talent um, next year for the 2024 NBA draft-eligible prospects, okay? Yeah. So let's go through them. A.J. Johnson for the Illawarra Hawks. Alexandra Saar for, the, for your Perth Wildcats. I want right? to hear you pronounce some of these other guys coming up. I'm looking forward to this. Taron Armstrong, we all know about him for the Cairns Taipans. Cairns Taipans great at recruiting. Yeah. Ariel Luckbordy, obviously coming back after that season and in injury last year. Mm. This, is, this is a tough one. The New Zealand Breakers guy. Mantis Rabstavikius. Lithuanian, right? Lithuanian, yeah. Yeah. Bobby Clitman from the Cairns Taipans, who I'm mm. really impressed by, man. I've seen a few videos of him, and right? And and David Okwera, he's not an N, he's not an NBA draft prospect. Come on, man. Yeah, no, he's no, a personal like, He's still very young though. But no, look, I think um, last year was possibly maybe lacking a little bit in the next star um, department there with the amount of names. It's some great names you mentioned there. I mean, the the Swedish guy for for Cairns. I've watched a few good, of man. Out of, he looks out of Wake good, Forest. Man. Yeah, I'm sure he must drive a Volvo as well. I would have thought that that's probably likely. Um, but yeah, I think he could be a good sort of player. And I think like um. Aaron Ford said as well, he's really that prototype NBA player with Adam his Ford, legs, yeah. his wingspan. Yeah, so I think he um, he could be pretty handy. And we know those young players have success in Cairns as well. We'll talk about Cairns. Let's stay there, right? Great next stars. We knew Bull Cole was going to re-sign, but it, it, pen to pad hadn't happened till recently. Mm. So it's pretty nice for a, a, a low-market team like Cairns, who often lose players to the bigger market teams, to retain a talent like Bull Cole, who's, who's going to come back for his third consecutive season with the club. That was a strange one, wasn't it? I felt like we talked about that about you know five weeks ago, and it seemed like it was official, but apparently it wasn't. It got made official yesterday, so no, good, good for good for the cans. That's for sure. All right, one thing I want to talk to you about is the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Mm. Okay, Milton Doyle coming back. Yeah, it's good, isn't it, to see him coming back? Um, you wonder who that third import will be now. I don't think they've you know, made that decision on that yet. Seem to have had a few roster moves there, but I think that's you know an important player. Was he an All NBL second team? In, yeah, I think it might have been. Am I way off there? Oh, I don't know. I'm no, he was first or second. Okay. Yeah. Well, either way, he was in the you know top you know handful of players in the NBL. So that's a huge coup to get him back there. He obviously enjoyed playing there, and I think that's huge for the Taipans to get him back. And I'm looking forward to seeing him run around again. 
well, have they locked up three import, two imports? They've only got Milton Dole, as far as I'm concerned, right? Isn't Majet already confirmed as well? No, Majet's not signed. No, no, he's not. He's not. He's is not. He? Okay, interesting, interesting. All right, maybe I just assumed he'd be coming back, but yeah, you're right. Maybe the maybe they'll start off Doyle and then see what else they've got, you know, money wise and everything like that. But yeah, interesting. It's a two-year deal for Doyle, and he's like, look, even though there's more money in Europe, I love the family environment, the atmosphere in the NBA, in, in, in Tasmania, and I yeah. love the way the NBL is, is played. So really great kudos for him to come back, yeah? Nah, for sure. And we speak about Josh Majette, right? I thought that he was the cultural guy off and on the court for that Tasmania Jack Jumpers team. Mm. Um, and, and a guy that recently retired was uh, Agent 97, right? No, definitely. I mean, he had a great career, didn't he? He made the most out of his talent there. Um, really athletic player. Probably, you know, I saw some of his highlight you know, packages there. Man, he could get up for a, for a pretty short guy. Yeah, for sure. You know, plenty of energy off the bench. So he's going into like a coaching role with him, I believe, is he? Or? Jared Weeks, yeah, for sure he is. I, I almost would have thought that um, someone like um, Josh Majette, who's talked for years about wanting to move into a coaching role, would have probably been a better choice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this right now. If you're not gonna bring back Josh Majette as a player, I would have actually brought back Josh Majette as a coach, right? As I'm sure, opposed he, could, to, I'm sure to, he could earn some money it. playing somewhere else more than he getting for assistant coaching at NBL team. At, to be well, honest, at, but, yeah. at, well, at 35, man, if he wants mm. to get into that coaching role, future in in, in the future, it would yeah. have been a good learning experience under Scott Roth for him. So let's see how that plays out. But I think that they're really gonna miss Josh Majette because, from all reports, they're not bringing him back, right? They might. Yeah, but from yeah. all reports, they're not. And I think that I know his play was inconsistent. I know Stewie, our friend from the sport blogs, is probably going to say, you know, Majet he needs to go. But I think the kind of leader he's been on and off the floor has been great for that team over the last couple of years, right? Yeah, no, I certainly enjoy watching him play for sure. You got a Josh Majet jersey, right? I do. <laughs> awesome, awesome man, and uh, a buy in the NBL one this week. Yeah, last week it was the, the buy in the NBL 1 East for the Queen's, um, well, sorry, the Kings long weekend. So looking forward to get back in the, the commentary booth this week. Um, our Hills Hornets are, are taking on Bankstown, which should be pretty good. Um, the season's really getting to the pointy end now. I know when the NBL 1 East is about eight games remaining. Um, they have extended the top four from last year into a top eight this year, so that's going to be pretty exciting. And, yeah, the Hills are hanging on to that eighth spot at the moment, so a win this week against Bankstown would be huge to get them up there. And, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, hopefully you can come and watch another game again soon. I will. I will for sure, man. I hope we're going out to Hornsby, right? You and me? Yeah, sounds good. How's your WNBA fantasy going? Uh, I'm still undefeated. I'm four from four now, leading the league. So I drafted pretty well getting AJ Wilson at the first pick. And, um, yeah, I've had some, some pretty sneaky um, sort of uh, players that I picked up in that league there. Um, Actually, I'll bore you with that while I'm checking it out, Woods. But, um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. I've sort of paid a bit of an extra eye on the WNBL after playing the fantasy. You know what it's like. You sort of have a bit more interest in a sport when you're, you're following sort of players in that regard. But, yeah, it's showing it says I can't be stopped now and the, the streamers are falling down. So, um, drafted pretty well. Um, yeah, so looking forward for that to continue. The big um, big one for me was Alana Smith there, Woods. So she was like a free agent sitting there. No one drafted. I picked her up and she's been dominating. So, yeah, quite pleased to, to get an Aussie in there and, yeah, enjoying the WNBA fantasy. And while we're on the women's game, let's spare a thought for Tiana Mangakahia, right? Yeah. Gone through a really tough time. Um, had to call quits on her career because she's been diagnosed with stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. And, and for someone like me who has a father going through the same thing, I can really 
understand and relate to that. And absolutely, man, our thoughts are with her. No, absolutely, best wishes to her. Best wishes to her. All right, all right. Let's finish off the show, man. I'm nearly out of packs, but I've got the Skybox inaugural edition. Nice. Let's do it. Have done. We didn't do it last week. I think we did the week before. But yeah, looking forward to to get into this again. I always like those Skybox cards as well. You'll have to jump online and order some more, mate. We've got to, yeah, you got to get some. I'm, I'm out of packs, guys. I'm out of packs. <laughs> All right. Okay. We used to put this in a printer back in the day when the ink ran out. I'm talking about Orlando Magic Forward, six foot eight. I'm hearing a clue, but it's not. What do we put in a printer back in the day? Uh, ink? Paper? Terry Catledge. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Pretty sure we've had his Cartridge. card in the Skybox set right. as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is awesome. And Stewie's going to love this, right? And he's actually showed off this card. Stewie, this is a shout out to you, man. Melbourne Tigers legend and former Philadelphia 76er. Ah, Lenar Copeland. Very nice. Scott Brooks in the background there. Very cool. Um, this guy was a great... This guy's name, Sake, was a great singer. Um, he was one of the greatest singers of all time. Harold. Sacramento Kings forward, six foot eight. Oh, he died too early. Harold Presley. Wow. I don't remember anything about him. Have you, have you heard of him? I've heard of him. I couldn't tell you one thing about him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Center from the Cleveland Cavaliers in 1990, number 44. Barely played. 44. Paul McKeskey. I, I was just about to say, you're going to give me longer than that. I was literally, I was just about to say Paul McKeskey. Yeah. Nice. He had some good hair. Were you? Down there, yeah, okay. 100%. My bad, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the round mound of rebound. Nice. Good old Barkley straight out of Auburn. Nice. Nice. Support. What a legend. Charlotte Hornets, sharpshooter and high flyer. Six foot four. Rex Chapman? Yeah. Nice. Uh, we pulled a few of his cards over the oh, various I remember sets, this guy. Atlanta. We have Atlanta Hawks legend. Had a short-lived NBA career. Uh, guard, six foot five. He's not short, but he is. Uh, Grant Long. John Long. John Long. Ah, oh, yeah. Nice, yeah. That's going back a bit. Denver Nuggets guard, six foot six. Bit, bits and pieces player. Didn't play much. Got to say, this is a bit of a rough pack so far. Woods apart from yep. Barkley. Jeez. Six foot six. What number was he? It doesn't say. Jerome. Oh, Lane. Jerome Lane. Jeez. This is a, an ordinary pack so far. Let's ordinary see pack. One. Okay. Yeah. Trey Young's favorite ever Atlanta Hawks coach. 
Uh, Nate McMillan, number 10 for the Sonics. Nate McMillan, number Throwing 10. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an eagle. I'm a Golden State Warriors guard. My name is... Terry Teagle. Terry Teagle. Nice, those long socks he used to wear. Nice. North Carolina's man. Center in the man in the middle for North Carolina. Big smooth. Sam Perkins. Sam Perkins. Nice. See, this guy bullied Scotty Pippen his rookie year so much. And then when he got traded, Jordan wasn't happy, but it made oh, the Charles team better. Oakley. Yep. Nice. He's still a fun follow on Twitter these days as well. He always says what he's thinking. Is he, is he allowed in MSG yet? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I don't even know who this guy is. Um, he is a six foot three guard, white guy from the Miami Heat, number three John in eighty nine ninety. John Sunvold. His name is similar to to the he head of um, the Playboy Play Mansion, not Hefner. Scott Hefner. Oh wow. Yeah, I do remember him. Jeez, that's going back away, isn't it? White guy from the Boston Celtics, number 11, 6 foot 10 forward center. Barely played. Stoiko Vrankovic? Probably, probably got the, the most plain white boy name ever. Um, not Greg Kite. Michael Smith. Oh, wow. One of their commentators, I think, now, is he? Is he? Possibly. Ex, ex Atlanta Hawk, average coach. This is his uh, Minnesota Timberwolves jersey. He played for the Utah Jazz. Ty Corbin. Ty Corbin. Nice. That's a very average pack. That was an average pack, wasn't it? Jeez, I'm glad I pulled out a few of those at the end. But yeah, there were some no names in that pack, wasn't there? Oh my goodness. All right, well, great show, man. Good stuff. All right, man. Let's get let's uh, let's let's finish things up then, brother. Nice one. Yeah, I'll give a let people know where they can find us there. So, um, of course, on Twitter we're at Throwbacks Hoops. Um, on Instagram, Throwback Hoops, and our email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail um, Woods, why don't you uh, do your shoutouts? Yeah, Patreon. Thanks for everyone's support. Uh, we really appreciate it. That's about it, man. Any final thoughts? Nah, I mean, obviously, big congratulations to the Denver Nuggets now. Um, looking forward to this draft. I believe it's uh, th uh, next Friday, so a week away from that. So we're just trying to iron out our schedule, I guess, for the next few weeks. We're certainly going to be on for a couple more weeks. We'll do probably a recap of our predictions, a bit of a, you know, a draft preview and some free agency stuff in the next couple of weeks. Um, then we might look at, at having a, a little bit of a break, and then we've got some special guests lined up too. So looking forward to, to do that. Thanks, Robbie. Uh, and, and from everyone of the Throwback Hoops team, we really appreciate your support and we can't wait to do it all again next week, right? Peace out. Peace out.